Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hello, guys, and welcome to the last episode for The Wind in the Willows. Today, we are going to be reading the final chapter, which is titled The Return of Ulysses. I hope you guys enjoyed this series as much as I have. I used to love it as a little girl, and uh, I hope you guys love it as well. So right after these messages, we will start the final chapter. Final chapter, The Return of Ulysses. When it began to grow dark, the rat, with an air of excitement and mystery, summoned them back into the parlor, stood each of them up alongside his little piles, and proceeded to dress them up for the coming expedition. When all was quite ready, the badger took a dark lantern in one paw, grasped his great stick with the other, and said, Now then, follow me. Mole first, rat next, toad last. And look here, toady, don't you chatter so much as usual, or you'll be sent back, as sure as fate. The toad was so anxious not to be left out, that he took up the inferior position assigned to him without a murmur, and the animals set off. The badger led them along the river for a little way, and then suddenly swung himself over the edge into a hole in the riverbank, a little above the water. The mole and the rat followed silently, swinging themselves successfully into the hole, as they had seen Badger do. But when it came to Toad's turn, of course he managed to slip and fall into the water with a loud splash and a squeal of alarm. He was hauled out by his friends, rubbed down and wrung out hastily, comforted and set on his legs. But the badger was seriously angry and told him that the very next time he made a fool of himself, he would most certainly be left behind. So at last, they were in the secret passage, and the expedition had really begun. It was cold and dark and damp and low and narrow, and poor Toad began to shiver partly from dread of what he might have been before him, and partly because he was wet. So they groped and shuffled along with their ears pricked up and their paws on their pistols, till at last the badger said, We ought by now to be pretty nearly under the hall. Then suddenly they heard a confused murmur of sound, as if people were shouting and cheering and stamping on the floor and hammering on tables. The toad's nervous terrors all returned, but the badger only remarked placidly, They are going at it, the weasels. The passage now began to slope upwards. They groped onward a little further, and then the noise broke out again, quite distinct this time and very close above them. Hooray, 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 they heard, and the stamping of little feet on the floor and the clinking of glasses as little fists pounded the tables.
they hurried along the passage till it came to a full stop, and they found themselves standing under a trap door that led up into the butler's pantry. Such a tremendous noise was going on in the banqueting hall that there was little danger of being heard. The badger said, Now, boys, all together and all four of them put their shoulders to the trap door and heaved back. Hoisting each other up, they found themselves standing in the pantry with only a door between them and the banqueting hall where their enemies were carousing. The noise, as they emerged from the passage, was simply deafening. At last, as the cheering and hammering slowly subsided, a voice could be made out saying, "'Well, I do not propose to detain you much longer.' "'Big applause. "'But before I resume my seat,' more cheering, "'I should say that one word about our kind host, Mr. Toad. "'We all know Toad.' "'Lots of laughter. "'Good Toad, modest Toad, honest Toad.' "'Shrieks of merriment. "'Only... Just let me get at him, murdered Toad, grinding his teeth. Hold on a minute, said the badger, restraining him with difficulty. Get ready, all of you. Let me sing you a little song, went on the voice, which I have composed on the subject of Toad. Lots of laughter. Then the chief weasel, for it was he that was speaking, began in a high squeaky voice, Toad, he went a pleasuring gaily down the street. The badger drew himself up, took a firm grip of his stick with both paws, glanced round at his comrades, and cried, The hour is come, follow me, and flung the door wide open. My, what a squealing and squeaking and screeching filled the air. Well, might the terrified weasels dive under the tables and spring madly up at the windows. Well, might the ferris, ferrets rush wildly for the fireplace and get hopelessly jammed in the chimney. Well, might the tables and chairs be knocked over and glass and china be crashing on the floor in the panic of that terrible moment when the four heroes strode wrathfully into the room. To the panic-stricken weasels, the hall seemed full of monstrous animals, gray, black, brown, and yellow, whooping and flourishing enormous cudgels, and they broke and fled with squeals of terror and dismay, this way and that, through the windows, up the chimneys, anywhere to get out of reach of those terrible sticks. The affair was soon over. Up and down the whole length of the hall strode the four friends, whacking with their sticks at every head that showed itself, and in five minutes the room was cleared. Through the broken windows, the shrieks of terrified weasels escaping across the lawn were borne faintly to their ears. On the floor lay prostrate some dozen or so of the enemy, on whom the mole was busily engaging in fitting handcuffs. The badger, resting from his labors, leant on his stick and wiped his eyebrow. Mole, he said, you're the best of fellows. Just cut along outside and look after those stoat sentries of yours and see what they're doing. The mole vanished promptly through a window, and the badger bade the other two set a table on its legs again, pick up knives and forks and plates and glasses from the debris on the floor, and see if they could find materials for supper. 
I want some grub, I do, he said, in that rather common way he had of speaking. Stir your stumps, Toad, and look lively. We've got your house back for you, and you don't offer as much as a sandwich. Toad felt rather hurt that Badger didn't say pleasant things to him and tell him what a fine fellow he was and how splendidly he had fought for what he was rather particularly pleased with himself and the way he had gone for the chief weasel and sent him flying across the table with one blow of his stick. But he bustled about, and so did the rat, and soon they found some guava jelly in a glass dish and cold chicken and tongue and had hardly been touched, some trifle and a quite a lot of lobster salad in the pantry, and they came upon a basket full of French rolls and a quantity of cheese, butter, and celery. They were just about to sit down when the mole clambered in through the window, chunkling with an armful of rifles. It's all over, he reported. They're all disappeared by now, one way or another, and I've got their rifles. So that's all right. So they finished their supper in great joy and contentment, and presently retired to the rest, between clean sheets, safe in Toad's ancestral home, won back by matchless valor, consummate strategy, and a proper handling of sticks. The following morning, Toad came back down to breakfast to find Badger in an armchair and in deep morning paper. Toad sat down and made the best breakfast he could. When he had nearly finished, the Badger looked up and remarked, I'm sorry, Toad, but I'm afraid there is a heavy morning's work in front of you. You see, we really ought to have a banquet at once. You know, to celebrate this whole affair. It will be expected of you. In fact, it's the rule. Oh, all right, said the toad readily. Anything to oblige. But as the hour for the banquet began to draw near, toad retired to his bedroom, feeling melancholy and thoughtful. His brow resting on his paw, he pondered long and deeply. Gradually, his countenance cleared, and he began to smile long, slow smiles. Then he took to giggling in a shy, self-conscious manner. At last he got up, locked the door, drew the curtains across the windows, collected all the chairs in the room and arranged them in a semicircle, and took up his position in front of them, swelling visibly. Then he bowed, coughed twice, and letting himself go, with uplifted voice he sang to the enraptured audience that his imagination so clearly saw. Toad's Last Song The toad came home. There was panic in the parlors and howling in the halls. There was crying in the cowsheds and shrieking in the stalls. When the toad came home. When the toad came home, there was smashing in of window and crashing in a door. There was shivering of weasels that fainted on the floor. When the toad came home. Bang go the drums, the trumpeters are tooting, and the soldiers are saluting, and the cannon they are shooting, and the motor cars are hooting, as the hero comes. Shout hooray, and let each one of the crowd try and shout very loud, in honor of an animal of whom you're justly proud, for it's Toad's great day. He sang this song very loud, and with great unction and expression, and when he had done, he sang it all over again. 
Then he heaved a deep sigh and a long, long sigh. Then he dipped his hairbrush in a water jug, parted his hair in the middle, and plastered it down very straight and sleek on each side of his face, and unlocking the door, went quietly down the stairs to greet his guests, who he knew must be assembling in the drawing room. All the animals cheered when he entered and crowded round to congratulate him and say nice things about his courage and his cleverness and his fighting qualities. But Toad only smiled faintly and murmured, not at all, or sometimes for a change, on the contrary. The otter, who was standing on the hearth rug, describing to an admiring circle of friends exactly how he might have managed things had he had been there, came forward with the shout, threw his arms around Toad's neck, and tried to take him round the room in a triumphal progress. But Toad, in a mild way, was rather snubby to him, remarking gently as he disengaged himself. Badger was the mastermind. The mole and the water rat bore the brunt of the fighting. I merely served in the ranks and did little or nothing. The animals were evidently puzzled and taken aback by this unexpected attitude of his, and Toad felt, as he moved from one guest to the other, making his modest responses, that he had an object of absorbing interest to everyone. The badger had ordered everything of the best, and the banquet was a great success. There was much talking and laughter and teasing among the animals, but through it all, Toad, who of course was in the chair, looked down at his nose and murmured pleasant nothings to the animals on either side of him. At intervals, he stole a glance at the badger and the rat, and always, when he looked, there were they were staring at each other with their mouths open, and this gave him the greatest satisfaction. Some of the younger and livelier animals at the evening, as the evening wore on, got whispering to each other that things were not as assuming or amusing as they used to be in the good old days. And there were some knockings on the table and cries of, Toad, speech, speech from Toad, song, song from Mr. Toad. But Toad only shook his head gently and raised one paw in mild protest. And by pressing delicacies on his guests, by topical small talk, and by earnest inquiries after members of their families not yet old enough to appear at social functions, managed to convey to them that this dinner was being run on strictly conventional lines. He was indeed an altered toad. After this, the four animals continued to leave their, lead their lives, so rudely broken up upon civil war, in great joy and contentment, and undisturbed by further risings or invasions. Toad, after due consultation with his friends, selected a handsome gold chain and locket set with pearls, which he dispatched to the gaoler's daughter with a letter that even the badger admitted to be honest, was very modest, grateful, and appreciative. And then the engine driver, in his turn, was properly thanked and compensated for all his pains and troubles. Sometimes, in the course of a long summer's evening, the friends would take a stroll together in the wild wood, now successfully tamed, so far as they were concerned. And it was pleasing to see how respectfully they were greeted by the inhabitants, 
and how the mother weasels would bring their young ones to the mouths of their great holes and say, pointing, Look, baby, there goes the great Mr. Toad, and that's the gallant, gallant water rat, a terrible fighter walking along him. And yonder comes the famous Mr. Mole, of whom you so often have heard father tell you. But when their infants were factious and quite beyond control, they would quiet them by telling them how, if they didn't hush and fret, the terrible gray badger would up and get them. This was really a base libel on badger, who, though he cared little about society, would ra was rather fond of children, but it never failed to have its full effect. The end. That was the end of The Wind in the Willows, guys. So what a story to tell of these four friends who finally got Toad's Hall back to him. And they threw this big party and everybody expected Toad to take all the credit for winning back Toad Hall. But he didn't take any credit. He gave it all to his friends and the help that they gave him, which was a surprise to everyone how Toad changed. And now they're very well respected and talked about in their community. So I hope you enjoyed The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. This is a classic book. It's from a long time ago, long before you or I were born. So sometimes the words and the, and the way they say things is hard to make sense. But I, I believe you guys get the gist of it. And like I said, there are some really great movies out there that portray this story. You can find them on YouTube and different places. If you get a chance, give it a watch after listening to the book. It's, would, it's really fun to watch the movie. Conchetta and I did that just the other day when we finished, and she enjoyed it. So I wish you guys the best day or the best night, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. You can find us on any major podcast platform, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and many more. So please make sure your parents are subscribing so you can get notified every time we release a new episode. If you want to give us a shout out, please reach out to us either on our Instagram or Facebook pages, or you can send an email to sleepyheadstoriespodcast at gmail.com or go on our website and send us a message there. We want to thank you all for listening in each week, and we want to say hello to all of our new listeners. We love doing sleepyhead stories. We love hearing from all of you, and we love reading books. So thanks for joining in on all the fun. Have a great day or a great night, and we'll talk to you in the next episode.